We here at Stormdar Weather work hand-in-hand with the National Weather Service and other professional weather service agencies as a weather-ready nation ambassador. We are avid weather enthusiasts who have studied the likes of Mother Nature for over 30 years. The purpose of this podcast is to provide weather information, facts, and trivia in a manner that is entertaining and easily understood by everyone. Well, hello and welcome back to the Stormdar Weather Podcast. This is episode 62, the severe season underway. I am Rando. I'm Corey. And yeah, definitely severe season is getting going this year. It is. Well, not here. Yeah. But we, we had one storm yesterday. That's true. Right to our east. A uh, little bit of a hailer, and then it kind of died out. But Yeah, I didn't see a lot of wind in that thing. Nah. I mean, I turned the velocities on, and there wasn't any... You know, I mean, it's all inflow, outflow, but nothing. Uh, yeah, and they were talking about uh, earlier. Remember, the the uh, Storm Prediction Center had had that slight risk all the way up to us, and we were getting excited, and we're like, now, nah, wait a minute. <laughs> and then the next day, went further southeast, and finally, we were barely even in the margin. Well, that's the story of the year so far, isn't it? Yeah. It just slides away from us. It, it does. Now, the southern states have really been getting hammered. They have. I mean, Texas yeah. has been having tennis ball, baseball size. Texas hail. all the way into Alabama have been getting all kinds of storms this year. and Yeah, especially upper Mississippi, mm-hmm. uh, Tennessee. My gosh, those guys have really, really had it out there. I mean, with large hail. Well, there's so much moisture in the atmosphere. I mean, things are just... There's not a lot of wind, and there was some tornado... Um, potential, but you know everybody's saying this is much more of a of a hail event. Yeah, I I saw some uh, some uh, advice hail advisory, if you will, of softball sized hail. I don't know if that ever occurred. Whoa, so it could. Where where's that? And a couple storm warnings that from from I believe Saturday night way on to the east of here. But oh uh, oh down yeah, southeast here. Right. Okay, and uh, that'll do some damage right there. You think? A little bit. I don't know if a helmet would even help Well, (laughs) I wouldn't want to go out without one. No. But uh, I wouldn't want to go out at all. No, I want to stay in and away from windows. I mean, that'll almost go through. I mean, if if you don't have a strong roof, that's going to go right through it, you know? Oh, yeah. It's like pelting it with softball size. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine the hail damage? I can't. And the the, uh, cost to fix that? Well, and, and you know what's really, really amazing to me and it's saddening to see because you know i look at youtube and they say these huge hailstorms you know of, of big tennis ball size hail hitting in the their pool and the water just splashing or whatever what you don't see is their cars outside and the windows right. are being smashed and dents everywhere i mean we, you know we, we like the awe of mother nature but we don't like the damage you know if we want to see a tornado we want it to be over an open field and just you know display your magic and 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 let everybody get in awe of that but we don't want to see I don't know I'd be pretty houses. proud of it I'd take my picture next to my wrecked van and said look what the storm did to my van <laughs> <laughs> Which I've done before. As you call as a me, storm chaser. Yeah, you call me and say, "Can you come get me? I'm out in Texas right now." I probably have some hail damage already on the on that thing, but oh really? I yeah, from storm chasing. But. Ooh, 
Well, mine, I mean, my garage is just full of crap, basically. As is mine. Yeah, I can't get my car in there. And over the years, now my car is getting the effects of the sun. And If I had a newer car, I would definitely clear out a spot for it. But I don't know. I would probably get one of those, you know, what do they call them? The, the car covers, yeah, car coats or whatever yeah. you just put on there. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, it's about time for me to get a new car. <laughs> oh, me too. Hey, you remember that wind about three weeks ago that just was crazy? I, I do recall. Well, that kind of may be getting to happen again in some spots. I read all about that this morning. Uh, there's a big storm system taking shape later this week. For yeah. Part, for not necessarily, we're not going to see stormy weather here, but might feel the effects of it a little bit. Yeah, but that thing is going to bomb. Yeah. They're, they're talking about that. What we're, we talk about bombogenesis is, uh, you and I have mentioned this a few times this is on the podcast, is when a storm system gets so intense so quickly that it just, we call it bombing. It's a weather bomb or a bombogenesis or a, you know, what, what's the other word? They got, uh, I was looking on Wikipedia I have to look on that in Wikipedia. They had a really cool um, phrase for it that I can't remember now. Really? I'll have to look during the weather school. But I started to make a weather school on bombogenesis, and I just ran out of time. So it's going to be Cape this well, time. folks up north, they're looking at some snow around uh, Nebraska, Omaha. They're looking Blizzards! At- oh, my April blizzard. gosh. <laughs> What's an April br- blizzard bring? Wow! April Never thought of that. Bring May lizards. lizards. <laughs> I saw a lizard today, actually, here in Branson. So, oh, I've seen him. This is a all big here. one that was crawling oh, yeah. up my wall, not inside but outside on my garage. Well, but uh, I don't think they want to be on the inside. They want to be on that, well, that yeah. heat and sun. Well, I mean, where I work at the Hughes Brothers, uh, outside you got that concrete or mm-hmm. you know asphalt or whatever yeah. that parking lot is. And there's lizards galore out there, really? just running around. The kids go try to catch them, and they mm-hmm. look at them. It's like, there's a lizard. And then all the girls are like, eek, no, get away. And the guys are like, hey, that's cool. So they bring, bring them inside. You know, they get in trouble for that, but they I bring bet. them inside. But yeah, it is lizard season. The, the snakes are moving, and the flying critters are beginning to annoy me. The red wasps. We're getting out. wasps already, and that's... I don't like the wasps. No. My kids don't like the wasps. So I get the big, you know, spray cans that shoot 30 feet away. I picked up a couple a day. Really? Oh, yeah. I cannot have that. My poor mother has, was stung by one uh, two years ago, and she went had to go to urgent care, and she got all these medi- medications and Benadryl and anti-itch stuff. I mean, it it's awful. You don't want to mess with those red wasps. No, they're mean. Actually, they're, they're, they're aggressive. aggressive. Yeah. You know, I haven't seen any black ones or the, you know, the normal yellow jackets or hornets yet, but those red ones, man. I haven't seen any red ones. I've oh, seen some regular wasps. But I've man, seen no, they are out this in week. my place. Stormdor headquarters one. Yeah, around my bushes. And one kind of was trying to chase me out to my car today. Uh, okay, this this is this is ungood. I'm going to go get some spray, and I have to do that every year. And I usually do it once because I think they figure out. Okay, after I spray the the entranceway in the bushes, they're like, okay, this is not where you need to be, and I don't see them the rest of the season. Uh, well, <laughs> I sprayed and sprayed and sprayed. You know, I live close to the woods and forest and open area. I have you can't see any neighbors from a backyard. 
and they're just everywhere and building nests and mud daubers and and I I, I shoot them I spray them I shoot them I spray them and there was a few times I couldn't even go out my back door or out my front door. It was just everywhere. Really? Wow. Today, I mean, we've been spending a lot of time outdoors because it's been so warm um, with the kids and all that. We have a little outdoor area for uh, that's a play area that's screened in. And I was getting mosquitoes in there today. Mosquitoes? Mosquitoes. Mosquitoes are out. They landed right there on my arm. Now they don't no bite. Way. They don't bother me. They don't bite me. But yeah, they they it was a definitely a mosquito. Yeah, you're one of these anomalies that you don't get. American Indian Cherokee. Wow, I need yeah. I need some of your blood so they won't attack me. <laughs> well, my mother always says in the summertime she goes out, luxes it on her little uh, you know porch recliner thing and feed the mosquitoes. That's yeah. what she calls it. <laughs> well, usually if I'm sitting out there with my wife, they they just attack her because her she's so much sweeter than I am. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, but they, she, she honestly, she's just covered in bites. If she's out there for two <laughs> seconds, I don't know what's in her blood, but you know, they like it better than mine. Yeah, well, they, they bite me occasionally. I mean, I spend a lot of time indoors, and that's you know, except when I would go fishing. The, the worst time to go fishing is right at sunset, but that's also Unless you want to catch a fish. I was gonna say that's also <laughs> the best time to go fishing because, yeah, because all the bugs start coming out because those fish start coming up. Start and the bugs start landing on the water. That's where the fish get fed. Um, you're standing out there right at sunset. It's beautiful. The fish are jumping. Cotton is high. No, wait a minute. That's a song, isn't it? That's the summertime. Okay. Summertime. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but they start biting me, and there's all these huge, huge bugs. I mean, they're like they look like moths, but they're like twice as big, and you know, when they fly by your ear, you, it sounds like a big 747. It's just, it, it, it just freaks me out. I am not a bug person. I'm insectophobic. Wow. I guess, I guess you're not. No. They don't bother me. No. Well, the way I look at it. Now, now bugs are cool. They can stay outside. As long as they're outside, I'm cool. Once they come inside, mm, no. Now, I'll tell you work. what I did see for the first time tonight, This for this year. We used to have them all summer is bats were swooping down to my pool and they get a drink out of my pool and they oh, yeah. eat bugs. Cool. And I've been watching for them all year and tonight was the first one. And these aren't the little tiny bats you see at the cave at Civil Dollar City. These are big brown bats. They're huge. Oh. They're bigger than my hand at least, and which is big for a bat. Wow. You know, we I used to be a cave guide at Civil Dollar City. We get these little, we call them chicken nuggets with wings. <laughs> But these were much. These are four times as big as that. Chicken nuggets. These are. <laughs> That's funny. These are a KFC big breast size. These so. are the big bucket yeah, meals, man. exactly. <laughs> wow! But, uh, and I, I saw him today. A lot of people are afraid of bats. I'm not afraid of bats. No, they don't. Bats bother are good. You. They don't bother you. They'll eat the mosquitoes. That's what they eat. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they fly around my neighborhood and stuff. That's why you don't get eaten at Civil War City. Because you got the bats out there. That's exactly why. You know how many bats are out at some of our city? Oh, I can't imagine. 15,000. Thousands. Oh, yeah. 15,000. Oh, yeah. That's a huge cave out there. That's well, that's built true. right on top of. That's true. And they're just awakening. You know, they they hibernate starting around September. So they're they're okay. They're waking up. They know they know when uh, the season kicks in out there, which it's kicking in already. So they're. They're doing their job. Well, and the other thing is, too, it's like if you've been asleep for five or six months, 
You're probably be, hungry. Yeah, I imagine so. Yeah, I I love just just standing out, especially in the in the the dead of summer, July, August, or whatever. Right after sunset, still when it's twilight, and I'll just go out and I'll stand and I'll see the bats just flowing around because mm-hmm. we have a little bitty pond uh, over there. I mean, the podcast people can't see it, but it's like to my northeast, no, southeast. And he's it, actually pointing, by the way. Yes, I am pointing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> for, you, for you with the podcast audio vision, uh, yeah. But it, it, and so we get, I get dragonflies a lot. Dra- dragonflies, tons of dragonflies, um, especially in late August and early September. They will fly. I'll walk out, and they may be like a hundred of them just mm-hmm. flying around. Well, they like the be close to the water, so I yeah. mean, I'm, I don't get any of them. But they're house. not in any other. Yard. Oh, that's what's so weird. They're only in my yard, and I mean, I've heard dragonflies are are good. I mean, they're not bothering me. I have no idea. I'm not a dragonfly expert, but I'm not either. So, if anybody is, then email us at stormdartweather at gmail dot com and let us know, or we'll do some research about it. Have we heard any any snakes out yet? I mean, I'm sure there are. I mean, there has to be. I mean, they're they're probably everywhere, but I haven't seen any. I have not seen any. But yeah, I mean, this sun coming out, we, we've passed the equinox and we're going into longer days now and that sun's really beaten down. So I imagine there are snakes. Well, they will come out, you know, in February if it's 70 degrees. So, I mean, they're out. People, I mean, they're everywhere. They're going to start showing up in my yard anytime. Yeah. Last year, between March and April and the 1st of May, I had three snakes in my backyard and in my pool area that's fenced in uh not the snakes i mean they can get off the snake i mean <laughs> but in in the actual place where my kids go yeah i had three snakes and uh i went to uh, lowe's and bought some snake repellent for twenty dollars and it's basically uh a big container full of what smells like peppermint and you sprinkle that around the perimeter of your yard, and they're supposed to hate that. Well, I did it at the end of April when I saw my last snake and didn't have a snake for the rest of the year back there. Oh, wow. Cool. So, you know, some people are skeptical whether that works. I don't know if that's why I didn't have any snakes back there, but I didn't have any snakes back there for the rest of the year. So I figure I'm going to do that again because since it worked, obviously worked last year. I haven't, oh, yeah. ha- I haven't had any of that this year. Uh-huh. But... I mean, I'm right next to the woods out there, so they come right in from the woods. Yeah, you do have a lot of woods, and there's probably all sorts of critters out there. Oh, I get deer and turkey back there. All, all kinds turkey, of really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. But uh, I'm not a fan of snakes. They got into the pool. They were babies. They were swimming around in the pool. That just happened once last year before we actually had it open. But uh, Branson Pool and Spa, they're coming Wednesday to open my pool. Wow. Right when it starts getting cold again. Yeah, we're we're gonna we're gonna have to <laughs> to figure out what we can do with stormed our weather with you and I by the pool. Yeah, I mean we can we can go live out there during a storm. Yeah, but you can't see anything. All you all you see is up. Well, I mean it's dark outside. We got the lightning hitting the pool right behind us. Oh, now that would be cool. See, I got this. Like I said, I got this little outdoor area, but you're actually indoors. So I mean, I wouldn't want to be out there during a storm because no. lightning can go through a screen, but. Uh, yeah, lightning can go around a tree yeah, and around a car can or do anything. whatever it wants to do. Well, you know what the bummer is? What's that? You know, you're going to get your pool 
all set up for on Wednesday, and it's going to be beautiful and in the 80s. But there's cold front coming by. Yeah, it's going to warm back up next week. Yeah, next week. But, uh, you know, you're going to have your pool. I wasn't going to swim in it anyway. I mean, it takes a good two to three weeks to get Oh, they got to shock it and ready everything, right? and all that. Last year, they came out on May 9th, and it, and it took until about the 20th or 21st for it to be swim ready. Okay. So I figure by May 1st, when it starts getting warm, those warm days, it'll be ready to go. I won't have to worry about opening it when it actually gets warm. I like what I'd like to do is get one of those solar covers. We got them for about 80 bucks on Amazon. Yeah, I've heard of those. It looks like bubble wrap, basically. Uh-huh. And you roll it out, just to let it float on top, and, and the sun goes through it and warms it up, kind of like a solar you know, heater. My friends had those when I was young, and, and it really warmed up the pool. My wife doesn't like to swim in cold water. I was going to say, you know who would like that? Shara would like that. So <laughs> may have to invest in that, especially. Well, me too. I mean, I like yeah. bath water. Oh, yeah. yeah well, I mean, if I'm going to swim, I want to be out there in the bath water. Yeah. Your kids probably wouldn't care. They don't care. Now they're they kids. get used to it pretty quick. Well, they're young. Yeah. You know. The older you get, the longer it takes to adjust, I guess. Right. But, you know, as we were saying, that got cold snap. Now, before the uh, National Weather Service was thinking, this is like Saturday or Sunday, they thought that there's going to be a lot of moisture with this thing coming through Wednesday night into Thursday. Now there's not any moisture going to be with this thing. I mean, I mean, not here. Yeah, I mean, I heard a couple of weather guys saying on TV. They're saying there might be a little bit of rain. I don't think there's going to be any rain out of this. I mean, because watching the models, almost all of them are saying about the same thing. And with a with a pressure bottoming out at nine hundred seventy seven millibars. Yeah, that's another thing. That's, that's low. And people may be feeling that in their joints a little bit. Yeah, gonna be an achy day. It could be. We should. We should. We should issue some sort of an alert for that. For, Ooh, uh, get for on Wednesday. a graphic. We'll do it. Yeah, because that wind's gonna kick up. Like we said, uh, probably 30, 40 mile an hour. It probably won't be that here. Should we issue a joint alert? Oh, a joint. Yeah, <laughs> some, some something funny like that. Joint. Okay. We, we, okay. So look for that. You know, on our page, <laughs> because when the pressure falls, I mean, the the actual low is not going to get. I don't think it is even going to hit Missouri. It's going to be in Kansas and go up to Iowa. Yeah. But the effects of it on the backside, just kind of like what happened, you know, a few weeks ago, just major snow and blizzard and stuff on the backside. But then on the opposite side, which is the southeast side, we're going to get in the 80s, but strong winds. And that wind is going to continue as that storm bombs and then into Wednesday night and then Thursday. And then when that cold front trailing cold front comes by on Thursday, the winds are going to shift. Well, you got, you got high in the sixties on Wednesday, but it's going to be one of those days where it's just going to drop. Exactly. Yeah. It's going to like the high is probably going to be like at one o'clock in the morning or something. And then drop. It's going to drop on Wednesday. I thought it was going to drop Wednesday night. I have to check that. Well, not, yeah, not Wednesday, Thursday. Uh, Yeah. 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 It's going to be in the eighties. Eighties on Wednesday. Right, but then, but then that strong wind. So you know, really, we're talking wind chill. So when you got eighties and then winds at thirty miles an hour, that wind chill's got to be down to seventy one. You know. Well, they're talking about this weekend. <laughs> some of the parts of the northern Ozarks they could get wind chills into the twenties. Oh yeah, you know, and and the thing about the frost free, I mean, now this is just me. Okay, I think Highway sixty South 
we're not going to get, nah. get, you know, get even, well, maybe close, maybe 34, 35, something like that. But it'll be overnight. We won't even notice. Right. And then, and, and then it's going to warm right back up. Unless I keep my windows open. Ooh, which I really? probably won't do. <laughs> yeah, but, but some people are saying, oh, Springfield could get down to 31. I'm not convinced of that yet, personally. Now, Saturday. This is only Monday. Yeah. They're projecting all the way out to Saturday at this point. I mean, just the best thing, just keep watching the models. And I mean, it's it's too too early to start throwing freeze could a, out Could there. get a light frost up north. <coughs> but uh, Well, yeah. I don't think we will down here. Yeah, I think around 54, uh, Highway 54. Yeah, you guys can get, like you said, a frost. I mean, we're, we are not looking at a hard freeze by any means out of this thing. Uh, it's just... We're in April. I mean, not saying that one can't happen. Well, we're in April. still transitioning. Oh yeah, yeah, hard. I mean, we've had snows and ice in April before, so I'll take this any day. This isn't. This isn't. This is normal. This isn't even anything to write home about. In my unless you were up north. Yeah. You know the bomb of Genesis. That's a scary sounding word. Yeah. But it's just going to be windy here. And, right. And and. Achy. Now, if you live in Nebraska, yeah, it's something to write home about because you could get twenty and inches of would snow. It be, would it be if you lived in Nebraska? Because they're used to this thing; they'd probably be writing home if it was eighty. Well, that's true. But in April, I mean, uh, I I'm mean, the sure, northern sure. states are different. Yeah. You know that kind of, that kind of thing. Their right home threshold is different up there than ours is. Oh, okay. They got. I yeah. need to get their handbook. Just like the National <laughs> Weather Service. You know, thresholds on winter weather advisories. Are That's different. right. Yeah, so. Yeah, in Texas, if it snows a half an inch, they get a winter storm warning. They're right in home. Uh, yeah, but in, in Minnesota, if they get, you know, four inches, it's like, yeah, just a winter weather advisory. It's it's nothing like that. They just send a text <laughs> message for that. They don't write. <laughs> That's true. And you know what else? Uh, things are blooming. This warm weather is, is causing... The, the bugs to fly and the trees and everything to just explode. So let's get to the... The pollen report. Um, I, I mean, I don't think I have to really tell anybody the <laughs> from pollen.com. That's where we get a lot of our information. Tuesday through Friday, we are way high. I mean, there, there's no medium. There's no drop. Um, although the, pol- the the primary pollens have changed a little bit, uh, they say elm, ash, and oak are now the the primary ones. And um, birch, uh, we're getting reports now that birch is also starting to transition. Uh, mold, is, the mold spores are moderate. I think that's because of the rain. Anytime it rains, you're going to get a, the next day. You're going to get a big spike in the in the mold spores, um, or if it's really uh, humid outside we're going to get that and um <clears throat> excuse me yeah yeah <laughs> pollen is affecting me but also grasses people are mowing the yards now uh weeds are up i just got some weed killer today at the walmarts have you applied that yet i have i smelled it tonight i was going to ask you about that it's, your, your yard really? smelled like roundup it wasn't right. No, I just sprayed well, those it, things it sm- next to the walkway. That's all I did. I didn't spray the whole yard. Well, I was on the sidewalk. I could smell weed killer when I walked in. Well, there. it's like those those weeds right next to the yeah, sidewalk. I thought, yeah. <sighs> he sprayed you could weed. smell that? Yeah, definitely can. Oh, well, come over tomorrow because you're going to smell wasp spray because mm. I am getting those things. <laughs> See, that stuff's dangerous. Nowadays. Yeah, I know. I, you know what? It, but 
from now on, I found this thing online it, that's uh, eco-friendly where you can take – oh, shoot. What was – I have to find out what it is. It, it's your homemade um, weed killer that's eco-friendly. It's like Epsom cool. salts and dishwater and something else, not water. Maybe it's vinegar. I don't know. But um, I was out of one of those elements, but I thought, no, I'm going to try that. But yeah, I mean, if you want to be eco-friendly, maybe we should post that. If I find that again, we'll post that on the site. And if it's on Facebook, it has to be true. So, Well, yeah. We could figure it out. <laughs> I got weeds growing in my backyard I got to take care of in the next couple of days. So. Uh, oh, man. I, uh, yeah. They're, they're, well, tis the season. That That's what's going on. I hate on. weeds. Hate them. Yeah, and, and somebody at, at at the Walmart today was saying, you know, a weed is just a plant that you don't want. They're all plants. They're all the same thing. That's insightful. Yeah, I know. I thought I thought that was pretty. Hey, speaking of allergies and pollen, yes. I have a friend of a friend who lives down in Hot Springs, Arkansas. Oh yeah, and they work on yeah internet. You know, you know, some uh, rural places have internet that's beamed to you from a tower. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have it in rural Taney County. I forget what it's called, but uh, you, you have an antenna outside your house and it, it comes in through the tower. You have to be line of sight from that tower. Oh, right, right, right. Well, they have that down there and he works on towers and he climbs the towers and he took a picture from up there and it looked like a low hanging fog all over the, 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 the landscape, but it was yellow and it was just pollen as far as you could see. It was pollen? It was pollen. And I can I can imagine. And it looked like fog? Living down there. And, uh, and 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 experiencing the pollen, even even I probably would have a problem with that. But it, it was pollen, and it was crazy. Now I've seen tree uh, a tree erupt with pollen. Well, just imagine hundreds of them at the same time. You know. Oh yeah, I mean when they all start just like yeah. you know, and then they they just go. I mean we see it on our cars and stuff, but I never thought of that. Boy, that would freak me out if I was up on a tower and looked down, and I thought, you know, expecting like fog, but it's just pollen covering mm-hmm. everything. Whoa! I have a picture. I'll put that on the site here pretty quick when I get home and definitely. Oh yes. Oh yeah. And if people, you know, hopefully people will be hearing the the podcast and will yep. say that. <laughs> well, and another part of this. Let me see. Okay. Uh, another thing that we always hit that we're going to really kind of talk about is the Stormdar Bird Watching Report. Yes, we got a little report from the Bird Watching Ambassador. Plus, you've got a whole bunch of stuff, uh, which actually, uh, like my mother was saying, uh, she reported the hum- hummingbirds are on their way. Now, she lives in Springfield, okay? So we're going to talk about that in a little bit. Um, humming- hummingbirds are on their way, uh, need to get the feeders out, make some solution, which uh, she says one part sugar to four parts water. Bring to a slow boil, maybe a minute, and then remove and let cool. And you don't need to add the coloring because she said maybe the coloring might hurt him. So it's sweet. They're going to love it. And she did report that the first hummingbird that she saw last year was on April 27th. Now, you were telling me before we started the podcast that you're getting reports of potential stuff going, you know, birds, hummingbirds coming in or something. Well... I saw a report Thursday. Okay. We'll start, we'll start with Thursday. All right. That there was hummingbirds uh, spotted in Bentonville, Arkansas. 
It's not too far away. Not too far away. It's the eight, seventh or eighth, yeah. Now these tra- these these hummingbirds travel twenty three miles a day. Did you oh, know that? That's a nice fun fact. New trivia for you. Wow. Now these are the scouters. You know what they do? They they're coming out and they're scouting for their friends and their families. They're the males. They're the big strong hummingbirds. Uh-huh. So uh there's not as many of them. But they're definitely out there, and they're definitely scouting. And we are starting to get reports here in Branson. I've had two reports of hummingbirds today, and these are those scouters that are out scouting the the, the landscape and the, trying to find see if uh, your backyard looks hospitable to yeah. them and or yummy, right? <laughs> and I had a report in Joplin. So they're definitely in the Ozarks. Oh, so they're they're about here. So I put together my one part sugar and four parts water and boiled it today. Stuck it in my feeder and about four o'clock today. So I'm going to be watching it tomorrow all day and for the next few days. Now, on average, I always get it around April 15th. Last year it was very late. Last year it was a lot cooler than it is this year. Yeah. We're, but, we're warming and, up But we're going to cool down again, so I'm wondering... Oh, yeah. If that's going to affect those hummingbirds, no. Oh, they do. They do. They know things. They're little <laughs> meteorologists. So, are they going, uh, uh, is that going to slow their progression? That's what I'm wondering. That's, that's, that's a good question because they know. So, if we drop down in the 30s, they're not going to like that. No, but you know, I I think I think you're onto something because they are the little weather birds. Uh, they're probably they're taking advantage of this warmth. They're coming up and saying okay, and scouting out and finding out what's going on, and then they're probably going to go back down to Arkansas because they're like, yeah, we got cold coming. Well, if we get them before the fifteenth, <coughs> if we get them in the next couple of days, that'll be the earliest I've ever seen them in Branson by about a uh, a few days at least. Oh yeah, because I put one out every year and the earliest I, I've had them three or four different times right on the 15th. Okay. And, uh, but I've never heard, had any earlier than that. So, hmm. well, I got to ask my mother because I mean, she just gave me last year. So I don't know what it is in the years before. And she gave me a calendar. I need to look on that. Maybe I'll look on that in the weather school or what? mom. I know you listen to this, you know, in years past, <laughs> you know, when were they? But like you said, last year was a little bit cooler, so it wasn't to Springfield. Now, Springfield is, where she lives, is probably about 45 miles north of here. Mm-hmm. So we are, you know, we're definitely going to That's only see a couple them. days travel for them. Exactly. Exactly. So they're going to, I mean, if they're Bentonville already, I mean, Bentonville isn't that far from the Missouri-Arkansas border. And you no. said Joplin, There's right? two here in Branson, two reports of them in Branson today. Okay. So they're here. So probably, well... Unless the cool majority down. haven't. The, I have a bunch of feeders out there, you know, online on, on our Facebook page. People say they have feeders and they haven't seen any yet. But I yeah. do have a couple that have seen them. So I mean, I told them as soon as they start seeing hummingbirds, I want them to snap a picture or video or just let us know so we can kind of keep track. It's something fun to do. It has nothing to do with weather per se, but it's something I like to do. No, of course. And you've got that the live cam. Yeah, I was thinking about putting that on there. I want to see it. Yeah. It'll give me something to do while I'm playing the show. <laughs> I mean, uh, I could view it uh, at some point. Uh, I don't know if any of the Hughes people are listening. They, they know. They walk on stage and see me looking at all sorts of stuff. Usually it's weather. I've got radar scope up. 
and I'm monitoring those thunderstorms and and uh, and all substance sorts of stuff. So if you get you know if you get hummingbirds, you're setting up your feeders. You get hummingbirds. Let us know. Post on the page or send us an email or message or whatever, and just just let us know. Now here's an interesting tidbit. My friend Randy uh, Bagby, he lives down oh, yeah. near Waco. Mm-hmm. And he got his first Hummers three weeks ago, and he's had several since then. Well, I was looking at my Facebook memories today, mm-hmm. and I had a memory from 2012, seven years ago of this day. He wrote on my wall that he saw his first Hummer on this day seven years ago. So this year for him, they came three weeks early. Wow, it's a warmth. So The warm going on, Yeah. We'll see. I want, but yeah, I wonder. What, well, that Waco's that's that's way down there, Central Texas. Yeah, yeah. That that uh, yeah. I I I was thinking I could compare us in this area to them, but it, that's so far away. I mean, if they were Oklahoma City, maybe I could get a you know a comparison or Tulsa. But I say if they came three weeks early, well, I would down say there. I would yeah. say this is would be about the he got them three weeks ago. It'd be about normal for for a normal year for him. Oh, okay. Okay. Because, I mean, they're just coming up from Mexico. It's not that far. But uh, I'm hopeful to see one before the 15th this year. That's that's, that's my plan. That's one week? We're going to see ne- Next happens. week will be the 15th. <laughs> I would be more optimistic without the cold front and without the yeah the the low pressure. Would that affect him, I wonder? I wonder if it would. Wow. You know, I don't know. Uh, it affects humans, so I would imagine it would they affect animals. Wings and they move pretty fast. I don't know if that'll slow them down or what. Or speed them up. Who knows? You'd, <laughs> you'd never know. Well, I think it's time we get to the weather school. This week, the weather school is about CAPE, which is energy. And this gives an explanation. You hear us talking about uh, CAPE uh, when we're following the Storm Prediction Center and how much energy and all sorts of stuff. So this is a wonderful way to learn about CAPE. If there's something about the weather that you want to know, Stormed Our Weather School. The Storm Prediction Center has just forecasted the potential for severe thunderstorms this afternoon with very high CAPE values across the region. What's CAPE? CAPE, or Convective Available Potential Energy, is a measure of the amount of energy available for convection to occur. CAPE is directly related to the maximum potential vertical speed within an updraft, thus higher values indicate a greater potential for severe weather. CAPE is measured in joules per kilogram. Observed values in thunderstorm environments often may exceed 1,000, and, in extreme cases, may exceed 5,000. However, as with other indices or indicators, there are no threshold values above which severe weather becomes imminent. 
There are different types of cape us weather guys use in order to see the volatility of the atmosphere. Now, before we get into explanations of cape, let's define some terminology we'll use in these descriptions. We measure distance in the atmosphere by millibars, or pressure. Due to gravity, the greatest pressure is at the surface, and it will decrease as we go upward. For a general reference, a thousand millibars is basically the surface pressure, and a hundred millibars, which is much less pressure, would be near the top of the atmosphere. So basically, the greater the number, the closer to the Earth's surface we are. Weather balloons and radiosondes record information from the surface to the top of the atmosphere. We look at slices of certain increments like 850 millibars, 700 millibars, 500 millibars, 200 millibars, and 100 millibars to see what's going on in those regions. Then we can determine what's going on in the whole column, like CAPE. Let's just talk about the three main types right now. There's SB CAPE, or surface-based CAPE, and that's essentially the amount of energy available at the surface. ML CAPE, or mean layer CAPE, is most commonly used to assess instability during the part of the day when the atmosphere is well mixed, like in the afternoon. And it may provide a more realistic picture of daytime instability than the surface-based cape, as it will typically look at the temperature and the moisture conditions in the lowest 100 millibars of the atmosphere. MU cape, or most unstable cape, is most commonly used to assess elevated instability and is useful in forecasting nocturnal thunderstorms when a low-level inversion might be present. It can also be useful in forecasting thunderstorms that might occur out ahead of a warm front where low-level inversions tend to be present. Although there are different algorithms to calculate it, MU-CAPE typically is found by lifting every layer in the lowest 300 millibars of the atmosphere and finding the CAPE for each of those layers. The layer that produces the highest CAPE value is the most unstable, or MU-CAPE. Now, I know all that sounds rather geeky, so let me give you an explanation in layman's terms. I focus heavily on the SB cape, or surface base, when looking at the maps because it gives me a good idea of where the energy is at the surface. Let's say you have a pot of water with a lid on it, and it's sitting on the stove. While the heat is off, the water in the pot is stable. However, when you turn the heat on, then things start changing inside the pot. The water heats up and converts some of the water into steam, and the pressure starts building. Translated to the atmosphere, this is energy or cape. The amount of energy depends on how high the burner is on. So if it's on low, then that would be like a 500 cape. Medium would be more like 1 to 2,000 cape and on high would be 3,000 or higher. I've seen CAPE as high as 7,000 before. So since the lid is on, it's keeping all the energy inside the pot. The lid on the pot is what we call SIN, or convective inhibition. You've heard of a 
cap in the atmosphere? Well, that's the lid on the pot. The lid is preventing the warm air, or the steam, from escaping. Thunderstorms can't develop when there's a cap because it prevents air from rising, and you need rising air to create convection. We've all heard the phrase, if the cap can break, then severe weather's likely. To explain this concept, let's go back to the stove with the pot of boiling water and the lid on it. Now, imagine if you grab the lid and quickly remove it from the pot. What do you see? You'll see the pressure releasing and steam rapidly rising up in the air. Essentially, this is what happens when the cap is broken. The warm and moist air at the surface breaks through that cap and shoots way up in the atmosphere. It quickly condenses and creates a thunderstorm. The explosion of this warm and moist air shooting upwards is what we call a robust updraft. Now, when the sun sets, we lose daytime heating, or, in essence, we turn the burner off of the stove. When we do that, the water in the pot begins to stabilize and calm down, and we can equate that to the surface air cooling. The robust updrafting slows down and stops, and the thunderstorm begins to collapse. This is why thunderstorms generally rain themselves out around sunset as they start to lose the daytime heating. They start losing their energy source. There are several other factors in determining if severe weather could occur, but looking at CAPE is a great way to start. If you have a question about the weather you'd like us to answer, then send us an email at stormdarweather at gmail.com. And in the subject line, put weather question. Well, that does it for this edition of Stormdar Weather School. And there you have one component of how we look at severe weather. I mean, there are obviously other components. You, uh, CAPE is one thing, and it's a pretty good indicator of just how much energy is out there to do that. Oh, I wanted to tell you, I needed to make a correction from last week because I was an idiot. Oh? Um, uh, when, when your son Garen was here, which was a lot of fun, by the way. He enjoyed um, that. He's got to come back. <laughs> but, I, but I said, un, unwittingly, um, uh, GOES, the satellite, I said, stands for Geostationary Observational Environmental Satellite. That is a little bit wrong. It is Geostationary Operational Environmental Satellite. Wow, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. And I knew that. <laughs> I knew that. I've known this for decades. I know it's environmental, not observation, uh, not, uh, I mean, uh, operational, not observational. Uh, I just had a, a senior moment. I've only been, you know, uh, me and Goes goes back a while. <laughs> you and Goes goes back? We go back <laughs> to high school. The first Goes I remember being friends with was eight. Goes eight. Goes eight. That was a way 1990, back. Mid-90s. Was goes eight. Man, they've come a long way. And you way. know why? Why? The movie Twister. Stars <sighs> with goes eight in a satellite image. Ooh. And that piqued my interest. <laughs> and just think of how far we've advanced since then. Amazing. Oh my lord! Yes, what are we up to? Seventeen now? You know, yes. Yeah, so, well, yeah. yeah, and I don't even know what we're capable of with these, but it, the images are amazing, and oh, the yeah. lightning's amazing, and 
the things they can see now, they can see ships. Yeah. That's amazing to me compared to what, you, you know, we had. Yeah, the detail is just so magnified. Hmm. Yeah. Well, you know what it's time for. What's that? It's time for This Week in Weather History. So, Corey, what you got? Well, I, I do have an event that happened on April 3rd. Hmm. What would you consider a uh, an outbreak, like a tornado outbreak? How many tornadoes would you consider being an outbreak? I, I, consider, I would probably say 20. Yeah, we're in the same boat. Okay. I say we... If we had, you know, 12, 15, that would just be a, a plethora of tornadoes. Yeah, plethora. <laughs> but if we have an outbreak, I'd say 20, 20 plus. Yeah. Well, this uh, week in weather history, on April 3rd, 1974, they had a super outbreak. Ooh. It's yeah. pretty famous. Uh-huh. Uh, tornadoes over 13 states. What would you consider a super outbreak? How many tornadoes would that have to be? Uh, over 50, I guess. 174. Oh, whoa. And they weren't small. I mean, some of them, I'm sure, were small, but some of them were F4 and above. Yeah, this was the right conditions, I bet. Just Well, it would have damn. to be. Yeah. Stretching all the way from Michigan down to Georgia and Alabama. Holy cow. And from west to east, Illinois to Virginia. So... Mm. Uh, it killed over 300 people, which I'm surprised it didn't kill even more than that. 335 yeah. people lost their lives, injured over 6,000 people. Over 15,000 homes, businesses, and farms were completely destroyed. Another 17,000 buildings were damaged. Now, this was the biggie, right? This was the big super outbreak. 174 tornadoes. These 1974 super outbreak. Wow. And most of them looked like they occurred over Indiana, Kentucky, and Tennessee. I want to see the with the weather maps. I mean, I really want to, I mean, that's 74, so they didn't have computer maps, but I'm sure they had ways to archive it. But Yeah, well, they got actually some photos of the tornadoes. They happened during the day. They started right after noon. Actually, they started at 2.20 p.m., Eastern Standard Time. Good timing, yeah. So, you know, that's the right time. If all your ingredients are there. Mm-hmm. And that's a 24-hour period for the three hundred for the uh, 174 tornadoes. Oh, oh okay. So, so if it, it started, was, too, then it went all it, evening, it went all, all night. Right. Oh, man. It was like the movie Twister, basically. <laughs> Yeah, but right. we all know. I, I scream at the screen. I got to tell you. When, uh, I told you. Twister's a great Hollywood portrayal of a movie. Well, but, so would this be. 174 Tornadoes. That's yeah, but even, that's real. That's even worse than Hollywood. Uh, uh, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's Hollywood coming to art or life imitating art, actually. Uh, yes, yes. Reverse, so, yeah, and then yeah. Twister is like, no, I, uh, everybody that knows me on Twister, I'm like, mm, it's like that's not that can't happen. <laughs> yeah, but I have to, a hard time. Has to be you can't you can't have two hours of people sitting next to cows in a field waiting on tornadoes. That's boring. That's that's real life right there. It's gotta right. be. You know, the director of Twister directed the movie Speed. 
Oh, yeah? So he's bam, 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 adrenaline. So that's why you yeah. have what you have in Twister. No, I will say it was enjoyable, the, the graphics and how they did everything. That was cool. But just my, 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 my weather nerd just got in my head too much. It's like... Okay, I think that the thing the thing where they had like the fire nados, they had like six of them just standing there. Or something. No, that was not Twister. That was oh, I'm into thinking, the storm. Oh, that was into the storm. No, I have oh. issues with that more than I have issues with Twister. Oh, okay, well, well I, I saw like, both I, of them. Now, uh, what's cool about Twister is they actually filmed it in my state of Oklahoma, so I can point out, you know, where the filming locations are. Okay, you can actually go to. Wakita, Oklahoma, where the movie takes place, and go to the Twister Museum today, which is really cool. Oh, really? Which wow. I need to do. I've never been, but I've seen all about it online, and they have all kinds of neat tornado things and things from the movie. And and, and evidently, it's the the coolest ever. Wakita is just a small, tiny town. But uh, yeah, you can. They actually used Tulsa and Oklahoma City meteorologists and weather personalities TV wow. in the actual movie. So. Every weatherman that's in Twister is actually a weatherman in Tulsa and Oklahoma City, which... See, that's th- cool. That is cool. Yeah. So, not every movie does that. No. No. But, I mean, if you have, like, an EF-13... Now, one thing I didn't like, <laughs> they started out with Gary England, which he was the biggie in the yeah. 90s and the early 2000s. He retired now. Mm-hmm. I've met him a couple times uh, shadowing at his station, Uh he was on at the beginning of Twister telling all about the tornado. Of course, he was trying to, you know, he looked younger because it was in the 70s. Mm-hmm. It was back in time. But then the, the 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 husband or the dad of the main character comes in and says, oh, oh, they're saying it's an F5. That's not how it works when it's happening. You don't know <laughs> yeah, you what it is. It's an F5. It's a big one. Oh, well, that would be great if we get... Pull up radar scope and see F five on there. Would that be uh, that would that'd be, be awesome? That would be a million dollar app right there. <laughs> I tell yeah, you what. yeah. No, uh, you, they're rated after they've gone. Yeah, you, they have to be surveyed. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can have a hunch, right? Right. Like Joplin, you yeah. kind of, you kind of, you kind of know. Yeah, but they called that an EF four for a At long first time. They did. And then they realized, no, this was way bigger At than that. At first they did, which surprised me. I, I was thinking a little h- higher in than that. I was thinking probably five. And that they, they went in and surveyed, like, you know, they do. Mm-hmm. And they do, can do that the night, of, I mean, within 24 hours. And I mean, they come from Springfield or wherever, you mm-hmm. know, the, the, the local offices. And they survey the damage, and they can tell. Pretty quick, whether it's an F four, EF four, EF five. Yeah, took a couple of weeks, I think. I mean, after sorry, because that was such a devastating. But I mean, any any, in my opinion, any tornado that comes through and abs absolutely annihilates a wide path is bigger. Well, I'm thinking than about EF4. more. Oh, more, yeah. You know, they've had more than one EF five in the past thirty years. D- didn't a couple of them happen within months of each other, or we? Or I mean, I mean, they they a got couple, a few hammered. years ago. Yeah, I mean, poor people and more. There's something about their specific location that causes massive tornadoes. I think we need to. They're move down centered. There. There's a big X right over them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, from the Gulf of Mexico, from Canada, just 
that's where they meet. Right, that tornado. That's that's the pinnacle. Best, yeah. yeah. No, that's south of Oak, just south of Oklahoma City. No, that's Norman. It's where my sister's sister. I mean, it's where my wife's sister lives. <laughs> yeah, more. But more is where is it geolocated? I have no idea. It's it's is it south r- of Tulsa or is it? No, south? it's in Oklahoma City. Okay, so more Norman around that area, just yeah, right real around close that area. to Norman. Yeah, and and. The last few severe thunderstorm and tornado watches that have been popped up have been in Texas and around Oklahoma City. I mean, you know, it seems like every time there's even a slight chance for storms in Oklahoma, Oklahoma City has a warning every time. They had a warning these past few days. Yeah. For the city. (laughs) Every time. It's like, man. I know. And I'm wondering because we are in in a moderate El Nino. Which that now it's kind of showing its head a little bit, I think, because the storm track is to the south, and it could be that. But we are just in April. I mean, I, I think it's going to start lifting. It's move up. Yeah. So we get to May. I mean, May is peak. Could be dangerous. Severe. Yeah, and it's been really active so far. I would enjoy your your next few days, seven to ten days. We're in April. If you don't like storms. Count your blessings mm-hmm. because it could be a lot worse than it is. Yeah. It's going to get cold, but it's going to warm right back up. Uh, yeah. Yeah. This cold blast isn't, I mean, I, I'm not going to say blast. This cold event is, is not going to last. So long. we've had a lot more severe weather in Branson and in the Ozarks in years past by now than we have this year. Mm-hmm. But I'm feeling come may we might be in for it a little bit you know i've kind of got that feeling too i mean the way everything's happening down south and like you said we start getting into may that and i've been saying for a couple months that severe weather season may be a little late this year you have said that yeah i just had a feeling that would be may and june right right wow i would say maybe even the last part of april starting i would say you're really gonna see an uptick from the 21st on into June. 21st of April on into June. That's just my date. Well, this is only the 8th, so the 21st is two weeks. Right. That's yeah. Easter. Easter Sunday. Yeah, I mean, and I looked at the GFS and the CMC, which is a Canadian. They're, the 21st, around that 20th, 21st, they want to bring something in. Again, it's two weeks out. And I'm so. not looking at any models. I'm not looking no, at anything. No, this is your hunch. This is my hunch, and this is a historical... I'm from Oklahoma, and I know when some of the bigger storms have come through, and there was a huge tornado in Catoosa when I was in junior high, Catoosa, Oklahoma. Another one in high school destroyed the town, destroyed the high school, all that. Uh, April 21st, uh, we had big storms in on April 27th. Uh, my grandma's town of Pryor, Oklahoma was completely destroyed on April 27th oh. when she was eight years old. It totally lifted up her house that she was in. And moved it and set it back down. She was fine. No way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Oh, my it, gosh. It, but it completely it, it demolished the town. Well, it had work to do. Your grandma. Her I, gra- my grandma's house was the only house that was still standing. I was going to say. No one moved it. Only but house see, that Mother was still Nature standing. had work to do. And so but her work had to make, mean that your grandma's house needed to be kind of moved over. So then she could go in and, and do her since, work. And that was in the 40s when they called them cyclones. I was going to say. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, that very next year, they put in a cyclone shelter in the backyard. 
Yeah. Had it for the rest of their times down there in prior Oklahoma. Well, I I don't know. I mean, everybody can know that if we do and when we do get severe weather, you can always tune it here. Well, it's we bound to happen. On and you just got to be prepared, you know, beforehand. You got to know what to do and when, where to go and have all your you can get a weather radio if you don't have one. Uh, yeah, please get your weather radio. Because that's gonna that could save your life. And we did what is it? Couple of couple of things ago on the safety safety thing. I mean, go back and listen to that. If you're not sure what you need to do in a tornado, uh, go back. I think it's episode sixty. It's called safety safety safety. And people are like, "Oh, that's never going to happen. That's never going to happen." Well, go to Joplin and ask some of those people. Yeah, or leap year here. <laughs> well, you go to Joplin, yeah, right? And you ask anybody, and you better believe they have a plan in place now. Yes. Oh yes, because there are the schools and stuff. Well, they all have huge storm cellars. Wonderful now. Well, and I got to tell you, now I'm I'm teasing May. I mean, we've talked about it a little bit, but we're going to hit a lot harder. Uh, May the May podcasts are uh, our remembering Joplin uh, series. We're going to have uh, special guests on that have lived through the the tornado. Uh, my uh, wife's family, the, my family too, um, lived in Joplin, and I got three of them together and got a wonderful interview that's just just mind blowing of of what happened and everything and how they've recovered. And my sister in law Phyllis has uh, talked about all sorts of uh, improvements they've made and some special thing. I don't want to, I don't want to give away that the special thing, but I thought it was really cool. But anyway, we're going to have different, uh, each week we're going to have something different. And, uh, how many years has it been now? Eight, something like that. Yeah. Uh, 2011, right? Yeah. I think it's 20. Yeah. 2011. Uh, but that's in the end of May. That was May 22nd. Was that yep. it? Yep. Yeah. May 22nd. Sunday. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah I've told that story many times. <laughs> Well, I think for this purpose, we probably need to get on to the next segment, which is... It's the Weather Word of the Week. And this week's Stormdar Weather Weather Word of the Week is... Polycrystal. Hey, wait a minute. Wait, wait, where's my applause? Wait, where's... There we go. Okay, I had to find my applause. (laughs) There you go. So, what does polycrystal mean? Well, it's a snowflake, and it's composed of many individual ice crystals. That it? Well, as far as I know. I bet it's really, I bet it's really cool. <laughs> I haven't seen a picture of one. I sure didn't see a picture of one this year. No, because the snowflake that Kathleen sent in, that was an actual snowflake, I think. Right. But you can go and Google pictures of that. Um uh yeah it, it's they're they're a little different looking than snowflakes and I think when they they're heavier so when they fall and they hit you they kind of hurt maybe if they're big enough um, I don't know <laughs> I don't know no while you you were reading that I was I was looking I remembered uh the the other names for bombogenesis or bomb storm the one I couldn't remember which I thought was cool is called explosive cyclogenesis. Ooh. Question. Okay. Why do I hear that word now more than I have ever my entire life? 
Because the climate is changing and we're getting warmer. And, yeah. you know, you had talked about before those those uh, tropical right. storms in the Gulf that right. suddenly in 24 hours, bam! From tropical storm to Hur- major hurricane. Five. So they just had one. What, what was it? A month ago? Not even a month ago? A few weeks ago, yeah. Yeah. And something happened. Yeah, and I think last week was the one off of the Carolina coast or whatever. Just these things are right. bombing, but mm. but yeah, the the phrases are explosive cyclogenesis or weather bomb. You okay over there? I'm good. Okay, <laughs> meteorological bomb, explosive development, bomb cyclone, or bombogenesis. Which one's your favorite? Well, they all sound scary. Yeah, I know. <laughs> bomb cyclone has to be. You know, that's almost like a Sharknado. You know, it really is. <laughs> I mean, I think the most technical term of all of them is, is, is explosive cyclogenesis. Well, and, you know, if you, if you think about it, <clears throat> listen to my voice, and it's almost time to wrap this up. <clears throat> but explosive means humongous, big, and cyclogenesis is a cyclone genesis. We all know what genesis should mean. It means the beginnings. So the beginnings of a cyclone explosive. So that's what that means. And like I said, if I can find enough information and make it work, uh, we'll have a weather school on that at some point, but not this week. You know what? What? Guess what's five years from today? Uh, 2024. Yeah. What happens? You're absolutely right. Well, it's almost tax day from five years now. Well, that's true. Uh, (laughs) No, we have another total solar eclipse coming. Oh, the eclipse. That's right. The and they're they're predicting that this might even be better than the last one, oh, and I man, think that's yeah. because it, it hits more of the larger cities. It's going to hit Dallas mm. in totality. It's going to hit Cleveland in totality. It's going to hit Buffalo, New York, and it's going to be right in our backyard. Uh, Branson's just on the cusp, but you need to travel south into uh, south of Her- Marshall, Arkansas, Mountain. Oh, I'll home. be there. I'll be there. And so will everybody else. I, I don't care. I will be there. And I missed those, the last those, one. Those little roads down there are going to be packed, but you don't want to miss it because we went to the one in 2017 up uh, north. We went to Sedalia, and it got completely dark. And you got some cool video, too. And it confused the birds. It confused the bugs. It confused <sighs> the chickens. It was completely amazing it was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. I've never, I've never experienced one before. Mm. So you know they have them all the time, all around the world, but never right through our area. And then the next yeah. one will come in five years, uh, and then the next one after that won't be till like twenty forty five. So it's way on down the road. So oh, if you want to see one, this is your chance. And this is why we're telling you five years in advance, five years from today, April eighth. Just, just yeah. Make a mental note, write it on your fridge. You want to take that day off. I don't know what day of the <laughs> week fridge. that's going to be. But this is big. This is huge. You're going to want to see it, and you're going to want to show your kids, even if they haven't been born yet. Right. You got five years. You got so five years. going. I'm not going to have any more kids. I'm no. going to have old kids by then, hopefully. But uh, Well, Garrett will be 16 at that point. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My two-year-old will be seven. So Yeah. He'll like it, hopefully. Uh, but that's something my kids will always remember from 2011 and mm-hmm. hopefully this next one. I mean, I had some really young kids. Uh, 
I had one that was, you know, two months old, but you know, he won't remember it. But my no. my five year old will remember the both of them. So Dude, that's awesome. But well, I couldn't go last year or the, when and the last one because my wife was ill. But but I saw the video that you posted, and it's like I want to experience that here in so Branson. Bad. They 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 didn't get the effect. I mean, it was not totality here. Right. Some people are like, oh, it wasn't that big of a deal. I don't understand what people were seeing. Well, you got. You have to get to that path of totality it's, where it darkens up. You are not giving. You're not giving enough credit to what it is. You're not taking in the full effect unless you are in that total path. You're. Yeah. Why even look up? Because you couldn't even tell. I mean, it may have been filtered mm-hmm. here, but it was completely dark, and it was amazing. There was a ring of fire in the sky. Mm. Well, I got to ask this. Now, isn't this, when you were up there and that totality happened, wasn't the horizon illuminated? Oh, yeah. The horizon was. It looked like uh, Like right off the the, the horizon. The sun was coming up or dusk kind of. Mm -hmm. But right above us, you could see the stars right above us. Wow, cool. And the locusts were, you know... Yeah. Oh, I, was, I bet they're all confused. Yeah, it was one o'clock in the afternoon, but it was completely unbelievable. The temperature dropped. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they said because it was five degrees or something. It was more than that. Oh, it was wow, at least ten to fifteen degrees because it was in August at one o'clock in the afternoon. So you get rid of that sun for a little while, and you're gonna feel you it. Got to drop. Yeah, right. But you don't want to miss this. I'm giving you a five-year advanced warning. Five years. We'll probably be on episode we'll be you know, hitting, 360 by and that we'll hit, it, we'll hit it hard once we get there. Remember we did a little oh, yeah. cloud assessment Cloud forecast. Uh-huh. What was going on? We we're going to do, do, we'll do that again. And I think what I'm going to do also, uh, I'm going to take my computer. You know, they say just enjoy the moment. But I'm going to take my computer and my recording equipment and just turn it on like five minutes before and just let it run. And then, you know, during the, the totality, because if you said, if, if all the bugs and everything just, you know, get confused, they well, start depending going, on where you go. Yeah. Not only will you hear bugs and birds and whatnot, but that second that the sun disappears, it's like turning off a light. It's not a dim. It's like a boom. Wow. Because the sun's powerful enough, even if you have a sliver, to where you're still going to have sunlight on you. Yeah. But once it goes back behind the moon, it's turning off that light. And the entire park just erupted in applause. Sound like you were someone hit a home run at a Cardinals game. That's just freaky. That's just freaky. That is cool. I, I will see it because I have family in Fayetteville. Okay, cool. And if I'm working that day, I'm sorry, you're going to have to get a sub because I, you know, I don't know if I will be around in 25 years for right. the next one to go. Right. No, I'm glad you said that. Yeah, we need, yeah, make a note. Well, we don't have to make a note because we're definitely going to be hitting this oh, one. Oh, yeah. You can set up your your uh, live cam on Storm. I will, for sure. <laughs> and who knows what the technology will be come five years from now. Oh, I know. People are going to be Facebook living it. But no, Facebook may not even be around may, in five years. We may years. not even know what we can do in five years mm-hmm. because I mean, we've grown what we can do in the past five years on Stormdar weather. Right. A lot. So we, who knows what type of technology we'll have 
to bring to bring that to you. I mean, there's no telling. So, well, I mean, five I'm years excited. is a lot of time. You know, it's a long, t- it's a long time, but it's not a long time when you're talking about something as monumental mm-hmm. as a total solar eclipse because they do not happen that often. No, it's a once in a lifetime. And if you happen to see it twice in a lifetime, then you're lucky. Yeah, and your kids are probably going to see it three times. Yeah, if, if it's up to me, they would. <laughs> you know, I'll make sure they're there. Now, now, what year was the last one? Twenty seventeen. Seventeen. Mm-hmm. So you have seventeen. 24 and 45. That's when they'll be close to us. Now, yes. there will be other places well, yeah, that yeah, will yeah. experience them, like Alaska and California. But now, if they're out there, that's fine. But around here, that's all you're going to mm-hmm. see. It. I just seriously hope we're going to have good weather conditions. It's April, so it's kind of a crapshoot because we got severe season. Well, it could be sunny is, or it could be cloudy. If you're in the path of totality, even if it's cloudy, you're still going to get the darkness. Yes. Now, you're not going to see the ring of fire, mm-hmm. but you're still going to get the darkness, and it's still going to be freaky, and it's still going to confuse all the animals. Yeah. And that's what it was. That was even I'm recording. Because cool you can't recording. look at that ring of fire without the glasses. You No. And, and there's already websites out. Already, it's a big business. Mm-hmm. And people learned that from the last eclipse. I even have my... Uh, eclipse glasses. Well, there's 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 <laughs> several eclipse websites already up and running promoting the eclipse in five yes. years. Make sure they are certified. They are already selling glasses. Yes, make sure they're I'm certified. I'm not sure these sites are American. They might be foreign. Mm, and you really got to watch it. out for those fake glasses because they will do harm. And sometimes oh that gosh. harm doesn't show up till years later. Yeah. If you look at that sun, you got to be careful. Because you'll see the eclipse for the rest of your life burned into your retinas if you're not careful. Which, if you like the eclipse, maybe that's a good thing. No, that's not a that good thing. That would drive me crazy. Oh, oh, I couldn't do it. Well, I've been blind most of my life. I mean, legally blind. I had LASIK. Right. So I'm, I'm waiting for cataracts. I don't think LASIK cataracts. would help that. Well, it helped me so I don't have Coke bottle glasses anymore. <laughs> so I'm waiting for my cataract surgery so I can completely rid the glasses. But I don't think that's going to happen for a while. Wow, we've been going a long time on this podcast. Seems like it. Wow. Well, I think we probably, see, we hit everything. You know, cold front coming in, uh, dry, uh, knock temperatures down, but then next week temperatures go right back up. Uh, models doing their thing and going to get windy. Pollen's out. Hummingbirds are on their way. Not a big stormy week, so it's going to be nice once we get past this cold front. Oh yeah, I'm not. I don't think. I don't know. I mean, I can't really make any predictions. It's going to cool about. down, right? It's going to cool down, but it's just way too early to say frost potential. I just don't. I don't think because they were going to say I don't see frost here at all. No, no. So I, I think you're good with that, and we'll just have to see how it goes. Shoo! Got anything else? Uh, no, just enjoy <laughs> the next few days. Oh, yes. They got highs in the 70s on Thursday now. Oh, really? So, Before the cold frontal passage or whatever? Right. Yeah, they'll, they'll the be falling. Temps dropping 70 at 9 a.m. and then dropping by 11 a.m. Oh, so they're talking about it. By 2 o'clock A in the morning lower, passage. By 3 o'clock in the 50s. Whoa, so five hours is going to go from 70s to 50s? Yeah, so. Whoa. 5 p.m., 54. So it's definitely going to drop. And wit and blow. 
Right now they have us on Saturday morning down to as low as 37 here. It's, In Branson. That's probably about right. Yeah, yeah, 30s. I, I, I'm sure 30s are likely, but freezing, nah, not seeing it. Nah. Best thing to do is just keep following us on the page. Yep. And uh, next week we'll... And the website. And the website, yes. I, I always say that in the thing. Well, I, whew, I think it's time to wrap this thing up. Okay, so be sure to look for us on Facebook at Stormdar Weather. Like our page and be sure to like or comment on our posts to have them show up in your news feed. You can always contact us through our Facebook page or send us an email to stormdarweather at gmail.com. Also, check out and follow our website at stormdarweather.com. Well, that does it for this time, so join us next week for the next edition of the Stormdar Weather Podcast.